0: On today's podcast, we flip the tables once again, and now we have Stefania, who is leading the interview with Sahar, Julia, and Katie. I really enjoyed listening to this interview, and I encourage all of our listeners to submit to this uh, podcast in a similar way to what Stefania came up with, remembering that this is our podcast, this is not my podcast, it's meant to be a way to share Uh, our stories and share our personal journeys and triumphs and defeats. So with that, I want you to enjoy this podcast. I thought it was really well done with lots of good questions. I might steal some of those too, Stefania. Really nice stuff. Anyway, please lean in and join Sahar, Katie, and Julia as Stefania interviews them. Okay, hi everyone welcome back to the podcast i'm stefania and I'm, go- I'm going into my third year at ryerson university in the biology program today it's going to be a little different because brian's usually the interviewer but today i'll be interviewing three of my friends julia katie and sahar they all go to ryerson and i'll be asking them questions about their journey throughout their first years at ryerson we'll start with the introduction and i'll just get you guys to tell us what you guys have been up to ever since exams ended in april So, Julia, do you want to go first?
1: Sure. So, my name is Julia Pellegrino. I finished my second year going into my third year, and I'm taking biomedical science. And so, after exams, I started a research grant by NSERC. And so, I have just been researching online and and preparing to go back into the lab. And also, I've been editing Brian's podcast, and also, I'm a... 999 co-captain with Stefania as well good cool Katie do you want to go now
2: sure so my name is Katie and I just finished as well my second year at Ryerson I was in biomedical sciences but I recently just switched into financial mathematics so starting fall of 2020 that will be my new journey and in light of the pandemic, uh, so I was in the co-op program, I was supposed to work, but as many other kids, we got the email that the job has been canceled. So because of that, I've just been volunteering with different clubs at Ryerson, so that's what I've been currently doing, and yeah. And Sahar?
3: Hi, my name is Sahar. I'm going into my third year of biology at Ryerson. Currently, I'm taking three spring courses through Chang School. They're all elective courses, so mostly like sociology. Since exams have ended, I've been doing school <laughs> online. The adjustment has been difficult, but I'm managing.
0: Were you supposed to um, go to Ryerson to do the courses, or were they always going to be online?
3: Yeah, they were in-person courses, so they've been adjusted to be online courses, but the the outline is still for the in-person, so like midterms and stuff. Oh, I see. What but it's fine. We're adjusting. Other than that, I am working right now. Like, I work at a retail store, and apparently it's an essential business, so I've been working at my retail store a couple days a week while doing school.
0: That's good. What has been your best experience throughout your undergrad?
1: Um, I don't really have like one good experience. It's just like an overall thing, I guess. Meeting new people has been a great experience. Just having a lot of people in the same program as you and supporting each other and able to study together and bounce off ideas with each other—that's been a great experience. Also taking in more extracurriculars this year that's been a good experience because just studying all the time doesn't leave a good memory once you leave university you want to do like more things than just studying and going to school and then like, coming home so i've joined like a club with brian as well and although that that ended abruptly because of covid just that temporarily going into meetings that was also a good experience and meeting new people and talking to professors And even just going to the gym at Ryerson has been a good experience. Just as like a break in between classes, it just, it feels good to exercise and yeah, just exploring more of Ryerson has been a great experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So it's not like you're just going to school now. It's more like you're going to school and you're doing what you want to do. Like you're having fun while you're going to school.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And this is the year that I've done more of that. And I've, I've enjoyed this year much better than first year. Yeah, Yeah, I feel the same way I can relate on that.
0: Katie, what's been your best experience in undergrad so far? Nothing. No kidding.
2: Um I think for myself it would be specifically in second year. It's not even a particular moment or event. It was just that when we took first semester, most biomedical sciences students take statistics. For me, I just realized that even more my love for math progressed. So I think just that we were in second year, we were able to have more specific courses rather than general in the first year. So that just allowed me to, I think, just dive into specifics and what correlates to me and what I like. So
0: did do you think that essentially led to your decision to make the switch for your program?
1: Um,
2: I think so, yeah. I think it was one of them, it's, yeah.
0: Good. Uh, Sahar what's been your best experience during
3: undergrad? I agree with Julia saying like meeting new people I guess coming from high school everyone had such broad ideas of what they were going into and there was such a variety of careers that they were looking at and going into university there's so many people who have kind of the same goals as you so it's nice to like surround yourself with this same like-minded group of people that all have similar goals and similar interests because we're all science students or science and math students. Also, yeah, like first year, I didn't join a lot of extracurriculars just because I was adjusting to the new schedule and like the new atmosphere and just being in downtown in general. It was very overwhelming, but this year, I decided to join like quite a few committees, and it's really changed the university experience for me because i'm actually doing things i enjoy as well as studying so it's kind of like a positive part of going to school is being a part of committees and stuff
0: yeah i totally agree so back to julia when you were first entering high school is this where you pictured yourself did you apply to other um, like were you set on this
1: from the start so Entering high school, I always knew I liked science and math, so I didn't really have any idea of what I wanted to be throughout high school. More in like grade 11, grade 12, when you have to decide what universities you're applying to, I was set on actually chemical engineering or any sort of engineering, and I couldn't really picture myself actually being an engineer because, I don't know, this is my perspective on it, but it just, there's not as much social interaction with with engineering than with science. And it's more limited. If I took science, I could do be a doctor or go into pharmacy or dentistry. There's more options. So entering high school, I definitely did not picture myself, even at Ryerson, taking this program. But this was, Ryerson was actually just my third option, this specific program. My first two were about engineering. So I'm really grateful that I picked this program at Ryerson. But yeah, this is not what I pictured because I didn't honestly had no idea in high school what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. But I'm happy where I ended up.
2: That's good. What about you, Katie? For me, it's funny now looking back on it because in high school, I think even when I was just 14, starting grade nine, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor and I'm going to go to medical school and I'm going to take... This kind of program, so I knew from the beginning that I wanted to do something science related that could lead me into the medical field. So going into grade 11 and 12, just like Julia said, when we were supposed to look for university, I specifically catered my search to everything within the science field. So now looking back, it's funny because I kind of diverted myself from it. But it's still science related, just not specifically within the medical field.
3: Okay,
0: that's good to hear. Um, what about you, Sahar?
3: I agree with everything that's been said so far in high school. Honestly, I don't even remember what I was thinking in high school because <laughs> so much has changed in just like two years. Looking back at a high school for me was only two years ago in like grade 12, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, Yeah, I think everyone I've met in science so far has kind of said the same thing. They always knew that they were interested in science from the very beginning of high school. So that's why they chose to continue. Honestly, I was interested in a lot of things. In high school, I was really interested in English or like political science and even law. And biology was kind of, it was always in the back of my head, but I wasn't set. My heart wasn't set on just biology but after thinking about it i saw myself going into science i do enjoy science but i also really enjoy other things as well people can have like more than one interest that's okay like there's just but, more for you to do yeah
1: definitely.
0: um yeah it's a, hard, a question to answer because i feel like every year my mind changes <laughs> like not on what I like. I know I've always liked science, but on what I want to do, it's yeah. a semester. I want to do something different like, as my end goal.
3: But I think that's okay because just because you were a kid and you said, "Oh, I really want to be a doctor," that doesn't mean you have to follow through. You can change your mind. That's allowed. People go into different things all the time.
2: Yeah, now's so, the time to so you can do like the randomest course and. Find out. Oh, hey, I want to be a pharmacist. So, hey, I want to be a broadcaster. Like, now is the time to do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, what do you guys like best about your program that you're currently in? I know Katie switched, so I guess you could just talk about program you were last in. And what do you guys like least about it?
1: So, I think what I like best, what I like best about Ryerson, are the profs. The majority of them are very approachable they always want the best for you and they're just easy to talk to they're always accessible in office hours or they answer emails promptly so i like that aspect the best of ryerson and specifically in the program i just i love like what we're learning i genuinely enjoy studying for this because it's about your body and i just i find it fascinating and i like that part also the least about my program, I find that, so in biomedical science, the majority, I don't know if I should say the majority, but a good amount of people probably want to pursue med school. So entering into the program, a lot of professors will say there's many more options than med school. Like don't set yourself with just med school, like open your eyes, which is a good thing. They should be telling us this, but at the same time, there should be options to say, okay, let's say you do pursue med school and you don't get in, what's the fallback option? Not just change your whole career path because there's other options. So I feel like just having more specific, maybe like presentations on specific pathways you can take if you wanna fall back on something after pursuing med school. Let's say you don't get into med school, you took the time studying and everything, what's a good uh, alternative? I think that's something I like the least because they say there's so many other options but it's just i'd like to know exactly what options are there to take yeah
0: the biomed program you guys had that class where ums people would come in
1: yes to talk yes, about we did.
0: and biology never had that and i wish we did because there's probably the same mm-hmm. amount of things that we could do or even a lot of it would relate to us as well
1: 100% yeah
2: so I, I know
0: I wish like, that was mandatory for us as well, because that would be amazing.
2: Yeah, that's kind of sad, because it feels like biomedical science specifically caters towards that, and then we're leaving out kids in, e- in biology and physics and chemistry, because they just may want to go to medical school just as the other kids, but for some reason, it's not a prerequisite, which is kind of weird.
0: Yeah, exactly. What about yeah. you, What did you like the most and the least about biomed?
2: The most I liked about biomed... We had those tutorials. I don't know if they have it. I'm sure they have it in different programs as well, but I can say that when you were taking a particular course, be it math or, I don't know, chemistry or physics, like you could have a lab and then you could have a tutorial to fall back on. So anything that you're concerned about or you don't get, we have teacher assistants there that can help you and just make you a bit more you know concrete with whatever you're learning at the time. I think... My least favorite thing about the Biomed program, this is specifically my opinion. And I think it's kind of silly of me that I didn't do enough research into it, but I didn't know how much labs we would have in the Biomed program and it's quite a lot. And I realized very quickly, I am not a lab person whatsoever. So I think it's still a good experience just to find out. But yeah, that is a huge portion of the biomedical program.
0: Yeah, I agree. Labs can be very tedious at times, and it gets annoying, especially when you have to stay there until 6 p.m. sometimes. Oh, yeah. Labs. When you commute all the way downtown, and then your lab ends up being, like, an hour. It's just not worth it. I totally agree. Um, Yeah, what about you, Sahara? your best things and worst things about your program?
2: For
3: the biology program, the best thing about it in my opinion and like one of the reasons i chose to go into this program was the class sizes they're just small enough that you can actually make a personal connection with the professor in my opinion and they're big enough obviously that they accommodate a lot of students from multiple programs but i've always had A memorable experience with a professor and I could even like say hi to them in the hallway and they would like recognize me and if I had like questions in class I'd be comfortable going up and asking them I feel like when you're in a class of thousands of students you may even if you had a question it'd probably be really scary to go up in front of a thousand people and ask or the professor might like not care because he has so many students to attend to so yeah the class sizes definitely Is a pro. The worst thing for me, I commute every single day to go to class and I have to wake up super early to make it for 8 a.m. classes and classes are very content heavy, especially like chemistry or biochemistry classes. So it's pretty mandatory to attend or you do fall behind very quickly. So in general, just 8 a.m. science classes. And not to mention, like, I'm not really awake until 10 a.m. anyway, so mentally preparing yourself to be alert at 8 o'clock in the morning is very physically challenging. But yeah, 8 a.m. classes are probably the worst thing as a commuter, but I get it, like, they can't accommodate everyone, and there are other issues with space and stuff, but that is what I don't like. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so like you said about the class sizes, I I agree with that as well because when we took biochemistry, it was the biology students, the chemistry students, and the biomed students all in one class and there was other classes like that too. I think it was genetics as well where it was biology and biomed students in that class and when there's a smaller class size, I just feel like it's easier to do better because you have that personal connection with the prof. I agree, yeah. Yeah. so i asked you guys earlier about your best experience throughout undergrad what about your worst experience if it's like an exam or even just something that happened to you one day while you were on campus what's been your worst experience throughout undergrad
1: so i'll go first i think i speak for most people when i say the biochemistry midterm and <laughs> especially the final exam that was probably i'm laughing <laughs> That honestly changed me as a human being. That was horrible. I think for exams, if you have a clear outline of what you're learning, okay, like it could be really content heavy. Okay, like physiology was very content heavy, lots of memorization, but you knew what you were getting yourself into. But for biochemistry, it was just slides that you would study and then the exam was not anything of what you learned. So I think, that makes it such a bad experience. Like, that gives you, like, a sour taste in your mouth when, like, you study so hard for something and it just doesn't amount to anything. So, that's just, that was the worst experience for me. Even the final exam was online and it just it was horrible.
0: The, uh, the content was, I can't speak on everyone, but, like, I enjoyed learning yes. the content for that course. Yes. But just the testing part made me hate it. Exactly. Which, I loved what I was learning. But I would get mm. so anxious over it because because I knew how hard the testing was. You
2: no, know it was? Exactly. Because our situation was also different since we were doing exams online. I think they wanted to, I'm not speaking for all professors, but I think some of them just wanted to create such a heavy content on the exam in case students cheat. And I think it was a little mm. overboard. Yeah. So like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs>
1: that is true but even the midterm the midterm no one the majority of people didn't finish so but i agree i I agree the final exam they probably stepped it up a notch because that was worse than the midterm in my opinion Mm -hmm. make it easier but it
0: just wasn't working
1: exactly and just even like the whole covid situation in general was i honestly missed going to school and it was just a lot harder to teach yourself a lot of the content without being in the lecture so, yeah, overall, the COVID experience probably is the worst experience.
2: Yeah. I think it also affected maybe it's just me because <laughs> I know, Julie, here, I remember you were saying like you woke up at 7 a.m. during the COVID thing and here I was waking up at like, right <laughs> yeah, uh, at first, I don't think I'm going to speak for all. But I think some students were excited when we first were like, oh, it's like homeschooling, I get to study at home. But honestly, I actually miss that structure of waking up early because sometimes Mm -hmm. I miss the online lectures that we had.
1: Yeah, I know. It's hard to get yourself into a schedule.
2: Yeah. Other than –
0: we'll go to Katie now. Other than biochem, what would you say is your worst experience?
2: My worst experience, I think, like it's not a huge deal. But to me at the time, it was just because I'm a scaredy cat. Uh, It was first semester, second year, and I know how after every formal lab that we had, we need to make sure that we cited everything and make sure you cite the lab manual, make sure you cite everything correctly because that could lead to a huge penalty or even some kind of academic misconduct. So I always took that very seriously, and one of the formal labs for organic chem, I think I just was so tired at that point doing it in the middle of the night that I forgot to cite, I think it was a lab manual or one kind of source. And I was so scared. I remember that my TA came up to me and she was like, where's this? Where's the source and everything? I was like, oh no, no, no. So I told her my whole situation and luckily enough, you know, she, she she forgave it and everything. But I think that just kind of opened my eyes a little bit that no matter how tough you are you have to be incredibly cautious with that. Cause I know many students they can get into a lot of trouble for that
0: (laughs) yeah I had the same experience once I think it was biochem I realized that like in one of my classes in the morning that I had forgot to cite like one thing Mm -hmm. and I literally had to leave that class run to Kerr Hall re like recite it reprint it and it was just so stressful yeah we're like sweating in the hallways as you're running (laughs) Sahara what's been your worst experience
3: I can't think of a worse, like, a bad experience. But, like, I agree with this lab situation. Like, even one time I was printing a lab, and there was such a long line at the Ryerson Library, and I was there, like, 45 minutes earlier, and then I saw how many people were crowded around the printers, and the line was just crazy. And I really needed to print, and I was so stressed out. So like maybe they should have a system in place for the printers because I'm sure I wasn't the only one who was like near tears because my lab was due in 15 minutes and I couldn't get the color printer to work. You know, like we pay so much intuition. You'd think that they have a couple printers. Yeah. No shade. It's
0: funny how like these little things bother us the most.
3: I know, but it's, it feels like the most important thing in the world at the time right like oh my god i really have to hand in this lab yeah but yeah i figured it out my tea was cool about it she didn't really care i got it in <laughs> yeah that's a she's lot she's like as long as you submitted it online i'll just look at the online one and i'm like okay <laughs> but anyway yeah, it worked out we're good this covid situation is pretty lame like at first i was the person that was excited to be at home you know because i love being at home but now having to study at home with a house full of people is the worst thing I can possibly think of. There's nothing worse than this. I just want them to like open a library or something. I get it. Like everyone's fighting for the hair salons to open so that they can get a haircut or like the nail salon. I feel you on that, but just open the public library so I can study somewhere other than my house. That's yep. it. Thanks. I relate so much to that. <laughs> I
1: know.
0: So besides your worst experiences, what has been, what do you struggle with the most like in general throughout university?
1: So for me personally, I always struggle with separating school and then having fun. So like I never know if I'm doing too much for school, if I should be going out more or when I'm going out then I feel guilty for not studying. So I think for me personally, I always get anxious. If I'm not doing enough, even for extracurriculars, like let's say if I do have free time for most people, that free time is good just to relax, take a break. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, like, why do I have this free time? Should I be doing something? Should I be like researching of like what I should do in my future? So I think now it's getting better. Just have a certain schedule of like, okay, this time you could relax. Okay, this time you could stress about your like school and work and everything. So yeah, overall, I guess that's like time management and not feeling like it's never enough. now I feel like I'm doing enough and I feel okay about it and I'm liking what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, sometimes I try and create those schedules for myself too throughout the day, especially during like the whole when school was online, like the transition, I tried to like say, okay, from this time to this time, do this and then do that and then do this and get all this stuff done today. And then at the end of the day, I would, like, look back, and I'm like, I got two things done.
1: (laughs) I know. I
0: know. It makes you feel so bad. What could I I possibly have been doing that it took me seven (laughs) hours to do, like, one subject?
1: I know.
0: There's, like, pros and cons of making those lists.
1: That's true. Yeah. Because then when you don't follow it, you feel, like, worse. Yeah. But I think I've been, like, giving myself enough time to, like, go on my phone, get Distracted, and I also get it done, so it's, yeah. it's okay now.
0: What about you, Katie? What do you struggle with in life?
2: <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, throughout university life, yeah. Throughout university, what I struggled with it was mainly the commuting. Not necessarily like how to get to point A to point B, but just waking up very early. Like if I had an eight a.m. class, I I would have to wake up at five. Hello, that really killed me. So I think it was just really becoming accustomed to that and really be serious with my time management because I could, like we talked about before, we could have a three-hour lab, say from 3 to 6 p.m. By the time you get home, it's like 8 p.m., but you're incredibly exhausted. So I just kind of, that took me a while to get, but I can say, I know it's been a while since school started, but I can say that. I'm doing pretty well with it. I know how to take the breaks that I need. And when I do have a small break, I can squeeze some kind of work in. So by the time I get home, I'm not, like, in a huge pile of mess that I have to do.
0: Yeah, Brian used to always say, like, how do we get our time back from commuting? Because some people commute for, like, two hours a day. And, and yeah. when you're on, like, a train or a subway and it's so packed, it's hard to take your laptop out and do work. So it's hard to get that time back and be productive. Sahara, what's, what do you struggle with a university?
3: A little bit of everything that's already been said. Another thing would be managing work, a job with school. I know like a lot of people decide not to work during the semester, but for a lot of people, it's not really a choice in my family. There's three kids that are in university, so that's, like, three tuition payments. So it's really hard for me to, like, ask my parents to support all three of us. So we do our – all three of us work, so we do our best to kind of pay our own little way through university so it just isn't financially stressful for my parents. So yeah, it's never really been an option. Like I've been working since I was 15, but when you're in university, there's like so much content, especially with a full course load to focus on. So working like three times a week, so like the weekend and one other day with commuting for two hours and then focusing on schoolwork, it's a lot for one person to manage. I've gotten better. Like first year, it was very, very overwhelming, especially with coming into university. But second year, like I've learned what works best for me. Like I study better after 6 p.m. I don't know why, just like better at night or in the evening than early in the morning. Like I'm not one of those people who can wake up early before an exam and study for it because my brain will will just not work. So yeah, I study better at night. I don't know how people do that. How do people cram before exams? I want to know, is there a secret? Yeah. <laughs> is there something I'm missing?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I've, I've never. never well, me for that, that, organic chemistry, I just studied the day before, which was not a good idea at all. But, <laughs> is that okay? like, yeah, it was just because like, I guess the way exams were scheduled, stressful. Yeah yeah for real like okay i guess i'll just wait until the last day to study which was the worst idea ever but i learned from it now
3: exactly like that's the other thing even though i struggled first year a lot just like balancing everything i've learned from it and now like second year it's much easier for me to make the adjustment between work and school
0: yeah so what do you guys look for in a professor I feel like we're always wondering what professors look for in students regarding, like, to get into their lab and whatnot. But what do you guys? Why would you ask a professor to be in their lab, or why? What do you usually look for in a professor?
1: I like someone who's approachable, so someone who's friendly. I'm not afraid to go to their office hours, and if I have a question, won't make me feel like I'm stupid for asking the question. Will like understand where I'm coming from who, like, genuinely cares to see their students strive. That's what I like. And also, professors who speak to you on their own level, like, have a certain respect for students. Because when professors talk down to students, that just makes it harder to talk to them. So, yeah, just, I think, a professor who's friendly, approachable, and is also knowledgeable. Because sometimes, when you ask a professor a question, you know when they don't really know what you're talking about. So, ones that can explain well certain concepts.
0: What about you, Katie?
2: Specifically, what I learned, first of all, with university is that I'm not talking about all professors, but there have been a chunk of my professors where they just read off the slides. And for me, and I'm sure for many students, that does not work at all because I'm going to like out myself here. But I started skipping a lot of classes because they would just read off the slides and there would be no additional content added on so that was a waste for me. So specifically I liked professors who would go above and beyond already what would be on say the slides or the material at hand and I know I'm gonna you know pride Brian here he would in our chemistry class he would take up questions the students had during the lectures there would be specific classes. For that and then we would have a quiz and I thought that was an incredible way of teaching because not only it kind of became a muscle memory but every week students had the opportunity to answer the questions that they had and it wouldn't become a buildup of questions at the end of the semester which many courses do have so yeah
0: uh, what about you Sahar what do you look for in a professor
3: I agree with Julia and Katie about being approachable and about like asking questions and stuff. I'm sort of the same thing. Like I don't enjoy going to lectures where just the slide has been read out to you because like you do that on your own and you can do that at home. Another thing is just like their overall way of speaking. Sometimes it's really hard to hear professors and like I know it's not something that we can control a lot of the time, but someone who it seems like they enjoy what they're doing, they're very like engaging with the students and making sure like the content is presented in the best way. So, not just like being very monotone. And I don't know, like some professors, it seems like that. No shade. <laughs> I guess. Yeah.
0: Like you yeah. saying about Brian, I don't know if you mentioned this, but he also did like a molecule of the day. And so it wasn't just so, like, textbook-based, that course. It was more, like, relating it to our everyday life. real life, life. exactly. Yeah. As he was mentioned, like, we would be talking about certain molecules, and he'd be like, oh, like, this is good for this, and that's good for that. And it was – it got interesting at that point. And I exactly. feel like that was my favorite part of the class, and that's what made me want to go to class.
3: Yeah, definitely. Like, when professors know what students actually want to listen to, like – I get, like, you have to get through the content, like you have an outline and all that. But just squeezing in some, like, relevant, real-time relevant things to us, the nutrition things and stuff like that, because those are things we deal with every single day. And lots of professors do this, which is awesome. But again, like, sometimes it's very just lecture-based.
0: Even our zoology professor, Dr. Kapurvnikar, she showed us, like, these they were like so fascinating these youtube videos of like different animals and i also loved going to her class just to see those videos and she was also just a great lecturer like she never paused like yes,
3: she was so she passionate about what she was doing
0: that's that's another thing too like if they really enjoy what they're teaching then maybe we'll enjoy more what we're le- what we're learning so definitely yeah so what was your biggest fear when entering university And how have you come to dealt with
3: it now?
1: So I remember leaving high school, all of the teachers and everyone that I talked to said that your grades are going to drop significantly. And if you're used to getting A's now, you're going to at least or at most get B's and it won't cut it. No matter how hard you try, you just, it's going to tear you down, but you'll get stronger. Don't worry. So I was absolutely terrified of my grades entering into Ryerson. So dealing with that, I overcompensated and studied way too much. And I didn't have a social life at first, first year. And I just tried really, really hard, went to every lecture. I found that I didn't have to go to that extent to get the grades that I wanted. I think a lot of people scare you. So that you, it is, it's a lot harder university, but for me, I like to be more independent and high school was very like a strict schedule. You, you get the study notes from the teacher and you just kind of like memorize that. And I actually prefer the way university is taught and just kind of like on your own, at your own pace, at your own speed. So it actually wasn't too bad transitioning in for myself because I preferred that method.
0: Yeah, what about you,
2: Katie? My biggest fear through undergrad, I know it's very silly, but for me, it was just the grades, honestly. Because at that time, I thought, you know what, I need to have the highest GPA. I need to, every course needs to be an A plus for me to then get the job that I wanted. So that's was my biggest fear. because and when I even got like a B plus for it, so I was like, no, this is not good enough. Like this is going to ruin this and this and that. But more and more, I've realized that is not necessarily the primary thing now, because what I learned is you could be the greatest student of all time, but not have the skills to necessarily propel yourself in the career world. And you could be the worst student of all time, but are able to do the opposite. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. And even a lot of professors even say, too, that their first two years in undergrad are usually harder because they're not the best student at the time. Of course, and, they're, and
2: they're adjusting.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and then um, the last few years get better because you either adjust to it, you learn how to study. And even learning how to study is is hard. For different courses, there's different ways of learning the material, and that means that there's different ways to study. So it's hard to just keep up with that. Um, What about you, Sahar? What was your biggest fear entering university and how did you deal with it?
3: As well as the academic fears that I think everyone had, my biggest fear was adapting to a new atmosphere and meeting new people. Um, I come from pretty far away, so I'm not really close to the downtown core. I live like... Uh, 40 miles away so like in the suburbs and in suburbs there are not a lot of people my age so I have like we all growing up we all had the same friend group and we interacted with the same people and we saw the same people at the store and everyone kind of knows everyone so it's like a sense of community I guess and then moving not moving but like going to school downtown and you get to interact with thousands of more people on a regular day first just seeing that many people was kind of overwhelming because i just didn't see that many people on a daily basis and yeah like i really was worried that i would have a hard time finding that sense of community and a school so big which already seemed to kind of have its own little like groups and stuff but I realized quickly that everyone in first year was looking for the same thing. They were looking to build a community, whether it was within their program or like within clubs and stuff. So it was hard at first opening up and actually talking to people. Like looking back now, I'm like embarrassed because now I can really easily talk to new people. Steph, like me and Steph were lab partners and we started talking to each other one like minute in even though we had never met each other before so like just seeing that and then comparing it to what I was like on the first day of university where I talked to no one and like I avoided eye contact because I was just so scared (laughs) oh my goodness I'm actually embarrassed because (laughs) that's not that's not how it should be you know everyone's in the same boat everyone's looking for other people to talk to and, like, make friends with. And now I'm so grateful because I've met so many great people, including you guys. You guys are so cool and interesting. And I'm so glad that I get to meet all of you.
0: Meeting new people is, like, the best part, almost, of, you know.
3: It's it's the best part of life, honestly. Like, life is so boring until you meet interesting people. And then life's interesting. Mm -hmm. In
0: high school and elementary school, like, you see the same people every day. but like
3: exactly
0: uh university like it's such a huge
3: a huge pool of people like, exactly that you can interact people
0: with. People, yeah and it's like some every day it's someone different and even like choosing lab partners like you said before like I would say that's probably my biggest fear is just like getting a good lab partner because you don't want to be stuck like doing all the work or or it completely messing up and then your grade is jeopardized because of it But yeah, I've
3: had, I've had Mm -hmm. those lab partners. I think we've all had those lab partners where you feel like anxious because you really want them to put in as much effort as you're putting in. But, you know, like you just got to express yourself the best you can. Like, I love that we're all adults and we can all have adult conversations without getting petty, you know, like as students, we all kind of have the same goals. Sometimes it's really lame when you get paired up with someone who doesn't care, yeah. But, you know, like, it's life. You have to deal with people you don't like.
0: I feel like here it, it will be better, though. I feel like everyone's kind of committed to the program now. So it's like. De-
3: definitely, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, my biggest fear is definitely just not finding the same sense of community in university. But you will. Definitely will. There's yeah. a spot for everyone.
0: So I'm going to switch over to some rapid fire questions. That's what Brian calls them. And they're, they're like, we're stepping away from the topic of school now. So you'll see what the questions are like. I'll start with Julia. What famous person would you most like to go to dinner with and why?
1: Hmm. Rapid fire, Julia. Ah, okay, rapid fire. <laughs> Michelle Obama. That's the first name that comes to my head. Oh, I don't know why, so why. I've known
0: you for so long and I did not expect that. <laughs> <Names> that <laughs> why, why? Why do you want to go to dinner with her?
1: Well, that's an even better question. I think, I think she was just very influential for women during Barack Obama's run, and I don't really know anything that she's done specifically you'll <laughs> we'll go to
0: you will go to dinner with her so she can tell you about everything
1: exactly that's a
0: good <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> What about you, Katie? What famous person would you want to go to dinner with
2: beyond no not beyonce. <laughs> Fiance. Oh, super random. It's because I watched it on YouTube. There is was a woman named a long time ago Simone de Beauvoir. She was a French philosopher, and during the time I think it was somewhere in the early 1900s. I could be wrong. She was one of the first women, like in France around the time, who decided to pursue an education, going into academia, and she was just all about the idea of existentialism. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it was just really interesting because it was just the idea that people themselves are to pave their own paths and nothing – like, they're not waiting for something else to do for them. This is their life, so they're the ones who mark it. So I thought that was very interesting. So I would love to go to dinner with that lady who died. Yeah. What about you, Sahar?
3: Now that two very, like, influential people have been named, I'm embarrassed by my answer. So thanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm i was definitely gonna say drake <laughs> oh my goodness okay well listen i have a reason <laughs> i think growing up in a very hip-hop influenced or like popular culture influenced society as a kid not even as a kid like when i was like 16 i just always i loved drake's music and i I like the things that he says. Okay. Sometimes no, because sometimes he says some controversial things, but <laughs> he just wants to have a good time. You know, he, his motto is you only live once. And mm-hmm. I think his music is honestly something that you can play and just vibe out to and just forget about kind of like the stress that you have in your life and just chill. And I know that makes me like a basic Toronto girl, whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm proud to call myself a basic Toronto girl. And I I hope one day I get to meet him.
0: (laughs) We'll do uh, one last question and then we'll end it there. What is something in the top 10 of your bucket list?
1: I want to travel the world. I don't know if I should say a specific place, but I just feel like I'm in a little bubble in my town. And I feel like there's so much to see in life. And I just want to see it all. So I guess at least traveling to like two new countries, I guess. But my dream would be to travel literally everywhere and anywhere, just yeah. to see more of the world.
0: Yeah, I feel like me and you were both Italian, so mm-hmm. we we travel Europe, but like we have yes. to travel to Europe. But there's definitely so many more, like, other places.
1: Well, there is. So many different cultures. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that are, like, just as beautiful as Italy, so.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. Just everything's different. There's probably so many different different places. Not, like, one's better than the other. I just want to explore.
0: Uh, what about you, Katie? What's in the top ten of your bucket list?
2: Very similar to Julia's. Like, of course, I want to travel, but I think throughout my lifespan I really want to move somewhere even if it's I don't know for a month or just a couple of months I just want to be able to be like yep I lived there for a little while I was able to kind of experience a completely different culture and just lifestyle so yeah that's very important to me yeah for sure what about you Sahar?
3: I also want to travel but top 10 one thing that I want to do. And I've wanted to do this, like, since I was a kid. And it hasn't really changed since then. But I want to adopt. Not right now, because Sarah's <laughs> too young right now. But when the time comes, I really want to adopt a kid. And whether that be on my own or, like, with somebody else in the future, way in the future. I don't condone this right now, guys. We're young. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No,
3: we're twenty years old. Anyway, yeah, no, I wanna adopt someone who probably doesn't have the best opportunity financially. Yeah. Um someone without parents or like an orphan, just so that they can I can give them a little bit of a better life. Yeah, exactly. and just hopefully change their view of life for the better. And I know like so many kids right now need home so i want to do my part no matter how small it is to make sure that our future generations value things like this so yeah i also want to travel i want to go to greece and live my mama mia fantasy
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like that's kind of and i hope we can all live them eventually so we'll end it there guys thanks for coming to the podcast and i hope you. we can all be
1: here next time thanks thanks guys